and welcome back to Money with Mac and G. We have a special guest today, a Mr. Lance Lyday, who is a successful financial planner here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we're so glad to have him because of the fact that uh, Tony has known him for several years. I think we were joking about <laughs> whether you guys want to let each other know that you've known each other for many years, <laughs> whether you like each other. But uh, anyway, Tony always smiles when he talks about Lance and Lance does some great things for him and his family, from what I understand. But we wanted to welcome Lance. How you doing today, Lance? Thank you Lance? very much. I'm doing great. All right. You look really nice, like you're a Thank financial you. advisor. I like that. It's been a long work day, but it's been a good one. And you've been just going around Indianapolis, kind of just picking up the pieces of a lot of people and helping them out, do their thing. Doing well, my best. It's the exciting part of it because, you know, here at Money with Mac and G, we, we try to talk to families as well as uh, children about money. But we also like to talk about their stories and how they got there. A little bit of... Uh, what do we call it? Um, life from the edge. Is that right, Tony? Stories from the edge. Stories from the edge. And Tony's been on the hot seat and he's he's yeah. survived. So when I think you're looking that. over the edge, Lance, you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to fall off the edge or not. Anyway, not, it's not always that bad. It's not. But, but Lance, no. you've got a couple stories in there, too. So, I mean, you have some stuff going on. We we thought we'd start off with just a little bit of your background when you were younger to see how you got to the individual uh, segments of your life, like mm -hmm. high school, college, and then finally getting to where you are here. And I know there's some interesting storage, uh, storage that goes along with it. So I'm looking forward to hearing all about what you have to tell there us. There are some interesting stories, but I don't know that you're going to hear all of those. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chirp. I think we, we probably need to do more golfing and maybe... Uh, yeah. uh, Let's just leave it at golf. Uh, we'll leave it right there. Okay, good. So where'd yeah. you start? Where'd you come from? Well, where? I can't start without talking about uh, when I was born. Okay, right? let's do it. So my parents uh, got pregnant with me when they were in high school. Um, and, wow. Uh, with nothing and um, immediately got married. Uh, my dad stopped high school to get jobs and brought us out of what could have been very difficult difficult circumstances. And, and when so, you say high school, what, what what age? Can I ask that? Senior. Senior. So like yeah. 16, Yeah, 17? mom was 17, just turned 18 when I was born, and uh, my father was eight. He's, he's a few months older than her, so. All right. Yeah. So that was uh, how it started. So while I was very little, certainly have heard the stories and remember being uh, in very tight financial circumstances, let's put it that way. Right. So were there times in your life when you were younger where you're just like, man, I really wish I could have a blah, blah, blah. But your parents are like, hey, we just don't have the money for that. We got to keep the strings tight. Yeah. Food. When food? I was little as well. <laughs> I would love to have some food. But... <laughs> we start right from the beginning. No, no. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Not not having sure. any food. But, sure. you know, we had what? You'd like to have you could get. maybe a nice steak or whatever it is yeah. when you're a kid, right? Uh, that, that's right. That's but, right. So anyway, that's been very uh, impactful on my attitude about things, right? Seeing where my parents start, started. And, are you, uh, are how, you saying that you had more conservative nature? Like you just like you, you wanted to save a little bit more or you wanted to? No, I don't know. I just think the learning that if you work hard, even when things don't look like they're going to turn out well, they will. Gotcha. Hard okay. Work. So, um, and it's, you know. We're all faced with things that aren't easy. Exactly. And, and so powering through them um, 
I think has more value than just getting on the other side of it. Brothers and sisters, did you have? I have a sister that's uh, four years younger than me and a brother 13 years younger. So there are three of you. Yeah, because yeah. when we talk about it, we have six in our family. And it's just like, we don't have the dough to do that. And so yeah. we started to understand that pretty pretty darn quickly. So so you're born to a um, high school sweethearts mm-hmm. and you're going along. You're starting to figure out some things in life. And maybe it's not as easy as you thought financially. Yeah, so that, you know. I was little, so wouldn't. But it has, I think, influenced my attitude about things. Don't, of course, take things too seriously. Um, okay. So I would say probably when my sister was five or six. I was nine or ten. Um, you know, finally, my parents started to have some financial success, so things got a little easier that way. And uh, your parents, to the what suburbs. were they doing? Uh, uh, mom was studying to be a nurse. Okay. So she got her degree, uh, working part-time jobs while doing that. My dad worked uh, several jobs, but then got in the insurance business. Gotcha. And that was kind of his, uh, prof- you know, getting out of nine to five or part-time jobs into a career. Gotcha. Okay. And so property and casualty insurance first, which is like homeowners and car insurance, things like that. Gotcha. And then uh, kind of evolved to more life insurance it's, Things, you know, more planning oriented. Things. And he started to have some success in helping mm-hmm. people get through that. People probably started coming back to him as well for multiple lines. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of, kind of got started and he got into management. That's long story. But sure. uh, okay. then left management to get into personal production. Gotcha. And that's um, kind of when I was in late high school, early college. And he was in personal production when I came home from Ball State, chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp. Uh, <laughs> after meeting my wife. So. so what did what did your parents think about you going to college? Did they go to college? No, no, no. Dad got his GED three years after I was born, I think. Uh, Mom finished high school. No, so really no pushing to get you into college then probably. Fully supportive of it. I don't know that they would push me, but yeah, I was, I had the means mentally to do it. They paid for the tuition. I had to pay for everything else of it, but it worked out. Worked out well. I worked through college, and I think that probably helped me too. I so some, some life lessons, right? Money. Yeah, didn't have a yeah. ton of money when you were growing up, but no. you're working through college. You're starting to feel kind of, uh, hey, I gotta, I gotta put some hard work into this and mm-hmm. get myself through it. It's gonna mean something. Yeah, that's good. So then you're you're about ready to graduate college, unless there was something else influential oh, yeah, yeah, in college. Yeah. Two important things. One, okay. uh, I went to college to be a math teacher and a basketball coach because I played basketball. In you high school. look like a, a basketball coach I to do, me. Don't I? I would just like I, change the club. It's, it's even the with that, it's like, hey, you're good to go. <laughs> Although I'd probably have red on. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so I had no money. Uh, just decided I, I knew teachers didn't make a lot. Although I admire it, what they do very much, and I hope to. Uh, be a professor when I retire from work. But having said that, I met Julie, okay. my wife, uh, in college. So can't leave that part out. Okay. So, yeah. so, so did she help guide you and, you know, through college? No, nah, just, just loved, loved me. Her and just yeah, loved you. We were together. We knew we were going to be. So it made everything uh, easier. Became easier to grow up. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think your wife, my sister, probably helped you grow up a little bit too there, Tony, right? <laughs> I'm completely grown up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So ish. you get out of college. What do you, you had something else to say? Ish. 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 Gotcha. So you're getting out of college. Yeah. She was a year behind me. We're the same age, but she you're behind me. Uh, I wasn't about to leave her there, so I uh, did some negotiating with Pops to uh, pay for my MBA so I could stay up there while she was there. Weren't you just complaining about paying for your son's extra two months at school? 
No. <laughs> Uh-oh, no. we may have to cut that. We're going to have to talk about It was about my that. daughter's five extra months last year when she couldn't be there because of COVID. <laughs> oh, uh, that's fair, though. That's fair. I think so. We have yeah. the same uh, comments here. It's just like, we're paying for this uh, private school, and they're not even going there. Yeah. Dang it. I, so. I can relate. I have four children. Help to tell you about them later. But um, let's see. Where was I? You're about ready to get out of yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. So I was state, started by MBA, but Julie graduated. I still had... Uh, a summer school and a semester left. So I was going part-time when we moved to Indy, uh, finishing school. So I worked part-time for my dad, um, again, in the life insurance business at that point. And that's when I got into the industry. Gotcha. And so did you, what did you learn like being in the uh, life insurance industry? Cause that's from what I understand, it's a pretty hard route to go. It is. It is. It's like, uh, anything, it's it's difficult until you get over the hump, and then it becomes uh, less difficult and more about what you're doing for people, how you enjoy it, how you're helping people. Uh, and so he was very successful by then. So I was just administrative uh, until I got my degree, and then uh, started to put together a resume. And he approached me about coming on full time. So I, I I'm. I always take the path of least resistance. <laughs> so you kind of, for lack of better words, you kind of fell into it. But yeah, that's fair. It seems like you might have enjoyed it because you were there for a while. Yeah, really what I did for him uh, really suited me. Uh, it's kind of advanced tax planning stuff. I'm a little bit of an egghead. So I really enjoyed it. I found it very challenging. Who doesn't like tax planning? Come on, yeah, man. Well, uh, <laughs> Tony's like, I just did my taxes. This I'm is about May seventeenth, twenty twenty one, tax day. Uh-huh. Yeah, favorite, favorite of mine. Favorite day. What do you have? Like five hundred K ones you had to get in and all of their fun stuff. It's but, like K twos and K threes or something. <laughs> There's so uh, many. And I've had five hundred phone calls and emails looking for their K ones. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. right. All his investments. Uh, yeah, they got a report back to the tax to the preparer to pay the tax man, Uncle Sam, that is. Yes, exactly. And so you've had this chance to do some of this egghead tax planning. Yeah. You kind of liked it. Kind of found my niche, um, had a role, was bringing value, um, doing I was getting started, having kids. Uh, was great. Unfortunately, the next kind of big hurdle to overcome, my dad was ill and couldn't work for a couple of years. So <clears throat> oh, wow. I had Sorry to kind of take things over. And so instead of being the egghead advanced sales guy, uh, I had to be going out and start hustling up business, right? I had to do prospecting, finding new clients and all of that. Uh, Didn't like that part. That's hard. (laughs) That's hard. And now you probably appreciated your dad a little bit more too, right? Sure. And what were you going to say, Tony? You're about ready to say something. I'm just trying to figure out where where he learned how to golf to to do the prospecting. Well, it didn't start until after I got to my ah. next phase. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're out there prospecting, probably hearing a lot of no's, right? Isn't that oh, yeah. whole thing is you got to get through nine no's or whatever to get to the 10th one? A lot more than it is, in, is fun. Yes. Sure. Okay. So you're doing that. You understand that that's not really all aligned with who you are, mm-hmm. but what do you do? You have to take over because your dad, your dad's kind of on the sideline. Yeah. Yep. So uh changed. That's what I can't do this. So um, I got my CFP. Um, certified financial planning designation, which is a big deal, I think. Sure. Um, and then change from the broker dealer, which is how investment people get bring the market to their clients. Sure. To to an independent broker dealer. Started my own branch. 
financial planning oriented as opposed to just insurance focused. So from uh, a financial planning, maybe a lot of people don't understand this. Yeah. We just want to make it accessible to them. You're sure. just sitting there asking them a lot of questions, right? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with your life? You know, when do you want to retire? Do you want your kids to go to Harvard or would you like them to go to someplace else? And and you're putting all those numbers together for them, right? Fair. And then once you put that together, you say, hey, here's how we invest your money, right? Well, I might say it a different way. Please, uh, go ahead. So I think the first thing that I always start with people is let's figure out where you're at. Right. At- don't, you know, don't. Absolutely. If you're not honest with me, you're hurting yourself. So let's figure out where you're at. Uh, and then uh, think about where you'd like to be and let's be real- realistic about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, uh, then the plan, part of which is investing, but not exclusively, is getting from where you're at now to where you'd like to be. Sure. And, and so... Sometimes where people, where they are now, isn't going to get them there. Absolutely. Uh, so I have these foundational things. You can't do a financial plan until you do three things. Give it to us. You have to know where your money's coming from and how much it is. <laughs> We're releasing a podcast actually in two days. Okay. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow morning. All you right. guys are telling me where my money's coming from? <laughs> yeah. And then you have to know what you spend each month, right? And so as, if you're not making as much as you're spending, you're done, come talk to me later. Because there's there's nothing that you can do. Uh, well, that was, that was a painful thing for me and your sister to go through. Oh, and uh, isn't, isn't we, it? We start meeting with him and he's like, well, how much do you guys spend a month? I'm like, uh... <laughs> Uh, on Vegas? Well, this is before no, Vegas. Was, this is before Vegas was a big thing. No, I mean Vegas was a big thing, but I mean for us. But no, it's like uh, how much do you spend on food? How much do you spend on housing? How much do you spend on utilities? How much do you spend on fun stuff? Eating? Uh, like I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. I've never, tr- <laughs> I, I've never, I don't know. So we had to spread with a lot of spreadsheeting and tracking. I was like, holy crap, we spend that much on going out to eat or exactly. whatever. You know, like the thing was like, it's. Truly mind blowing for people who don't track it to like see it and have them. So that that is a key building block. That was very helpful yeah. to us. And then, and Lance was like, "What in the <laughs> are you doing?" Well, <laughs> no, he never did. He I did. never said that. He never said that. Well, you know the thing is, is with the podcast that's coming out tomorrow, I talk about a little bit like losing weight. You have to track every calorie to make sure that you're under your total calorie um, consumption for the day. It's like. Your total calorie consumption is how much do you make? And you need to make sure it's underneath that and you need to track it. And what's the number one thing you probably hear when people track it? When they do track it? Yes. Um, the number one thing I hear is they hate tracking it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying after they get done tracking it, the one thing that I usually heard was, I never knew I spent that much on the, the Starbucks. Blah, blah, blah. Starbucks, yeah. Right. Or going right. out to eat like you just said, right? Right. And you hear that a lot, right? Yeah. Um, I think it – I don't know that it surprises them. I just think it causes them to uh, maybe pick some different priorities. You know, and it's a hard thing. Sure. You know, people like going to Starbucks on their way into work. Sure they do. Uh, pick, pick an anecdote. I, it doesn't really matter. People. Right. Um, but if that's causing you to go more into debt – Right, because if you're spending more than you're making, it's coming from somewhere, and typically that's credit cards. Yep. Right. So, um, more debt is not good. It's you just when you're uh, realize you're digging a hole, you got to throw the shovel away. Right. Amen to that. So Wait, uh, I thought you had to spend money to make money. <laughs> well, that's an investment. That's not a budget. Okay, no. So you were. I'm sorry, I interrupted. You were in the three. Yeah, three things. Uh, two, you have to have a reserve. 
uh, you have to have cash in the bank that you don't touch. Right. And that's a hard thing to do. But you got like an emergency it. fund. Emergency or? fund. Um, and I don't care what it is, but you got to have it and you got to add a little bit to it every month. Because there's some weird statistic about uh, 400 bucks. People can't afford, like 80% of Americans can't afford a $400 and emergency. I'm making that 80% up, but it's probably it's pretty big. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know what the statistic can't is. Can't afford but I, a $400. I mean, a, a car repair is going to be 400 Can be over 400 yeah. easy. Uh, a water heater is going to be 400 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you can't, then you're going to do what you shouldn't do. And that's the third thing, no credit card debt. Right. So if you can't afford $400, $1,000, whatever it is in your life, you got to have the cash there. Because if you don't, you're never going to get rid of credit card debt. Exactly. And you can't start your plan to build on your foundation of knowing what you make and what you spend, having a cash reserve and emergency fund, and having no credit card debt. Right. You can't go beyond that until you have those things done. So I know Lance doesn't know me very well, but my wife, who you just met upstairs, um, she had credit card debt. And I said, there's no way I'm marrying anybody with credit card debt. Okay. I was young, stupid. Uh, you can call me any worst, name you want. Worst meeting you ever got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but she said, stop putting me down and tell me how to get out of this. And so I said, hey, read these three books because they were kind of anecdotal. They were talking in just nice stories. And understand that credit card debt needs to come off. And she did. Right. And I think it was a month and a half. She got rid of like $3,000 worth yeah. of credit card debt. I was like, whoa, she's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> and she could cook. And she uh, could cook. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, there's lots of ways to work yourself out of it. That's not. But until you know what you make and what you spend right. and have the second be lower than the first. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and you have a cash reserve, then you're never going to get the credit card debt paid off. Mm -hmm. And that's that's easy. It can be at any scale. Right. It can be making $500 a month. It can be making $20,000 a Absolutely. month. That same logic, that same foundation applies, in my opinion. So you got this three foundation. You're, um, you're trying to do the prospecting because your dad's on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. And so kind of what, what happens at that point in time? When so that's the current, I, I don't, we got kind of, I know we're kind of jump there. ahead. That's fine. Back. That's fine. That's fine. So, uh, you know, you have to know what your financial statements look like. That's what I just described yep. as an income statement. Sorry about the jargon, income expenses. Exactly. You know what your balance sheet looks like, you know, what assets do you have? What liabilities do you have? You can't have any of those bad ones, credit card debts. That doesn't include a mortgage or a car payment. You need to live someplace, you know, you have to drive a car. Sure. But bad debts are bad debts. So financial statements is the first part of a financial plan. Yeah. Uh, the, the second is um, planning for an objective, often retirement planning, sure. sometimes college education planning, whatever it is, getting enough down payment to buy your first house, whatever it is. So that's the kind of the second thing, planning for an objective. Third is avoiding risk. So this is where insurance comes in. Uh, you know, the government makes you have car insurance to to get a driver's license. Sure. Right. Yeah. Your, yeah. your mortgage company is going to make you have owner, homeowners insurance for for that. So there's some insurance you have to have. Right. Um, then from there, every circumstance is different. Mm -hmm. uh, then there's investments. Right. So that's the third part or fourth part. Um, so having an investment strategy that fits. Your goals, current situation, yeah, what, what you want to do. That's right. All that stuff. Risk tolerance. Risk tolerance. <laughs> I have a really good quote here that everybody will remember in a minute. And the fifth part, finishing my, is, is estate planning. That's thinking about what happens 
to what you have when you're no longer with us. Are gotcha. things set up right for your kids? And for so that's financial planning. I'm living forever. How about you, Tony? Uh, I hope to, but uh, <laughs> not sure my body's set up for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think weren't we just talking yesterday? I'm not sure that uh, the longest uh, living individual is 122 years old. And um, weren't we talking about? We this? were having this conversation last night at dinner with the kids, and uh, yeah, uh, I think there was some quote about they they think that the person who the first person who's going to live to two hundred's already been born, right? Mm. But isn't there one that there's already? They better do good financial planning. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's a great point, is because as ages you know continue to, to uh, you know your longevity continues to grow, that your money needs to grow with it, and so that's very important. But I want to get back to your story. So your dad is on, like I said, on the sideline. You're prospecting doing some other stuff. What kind of happens then? Um, Well, so I changed my focus, financial planning, investing money. Mm -hmm. It's part of that. So I had a client base, right? The insurance clients that we had. Great. So it wasn't like I had to prospect for those. I just had to go communicate to them what I'm doing now. So that was a good way to get started. Um, Changed broker dealer that's again how we bring the financial markets to our clients uh, to an independent firm called financial started my own branch um my brother-in-law worked with me for me during this process mm-hmm. my father came back to work worked there my brother worked for us and we had three staff people so that's right, so we had so a pretty good practice for three uh, of you three staff moved from you. you know making trades and everything to actually helping people plan mm-hmm. and working through with and you've got a pretty good business going on and everything's yep. rosy right mm, nothing's ever fully rosy amen uh, i know it's a family thing and we're not right. saying anything bad no about the family, family part was good honestly it was oh, good. i felt blessed to be able to work with the family we really never i was i was the boss there was never any question about that so we that the little disagreements never really happened we all have differing opinions awesome uh, but my responsibility was running the business which isn't necessarily the same thing as giving financial advice to people. It's different, right? very different. And uh, I was in charge of compliance, which in the, in our world, we have to be careful what we do. We have to do the right thing, um, give advice that's in client's best interest. That's the that's our calling. Exactly. So not only do you have to do that, you have to prove it. Uh, so yes, that's you what you call compliance. And, and, so, um, and that's fun, right? Uh, I don't mind... Being compliant, I just don't like monitoring other people's compliance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So those two things, running the company, doing payroll, signing leases, you know, all the That's stuff. Fine. That, uh, I didn't like that. And I don't like doing the compliance. So I changed um, and joined. Uh, this is where I'm at currently. So now I'm just okay. an employee. Gotcha. I'm a minion. Uh, so you don't have to fill out all the payroll returns, the 941s, and blah, 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 blah. Bingo. And so, so make t- a lot less, but I have a lot more time. Better gotcha. quality of life. Absolutely. So if you're interested in why I made the decision, I'd tell you. Tell us. So uh, it's Thanksgiving week. We're in Florida, Julie and I. Uh, we both just turned 50 in September. Very stressful. My old, you know, everything associated with uh, being a financial advisor on the business compliance. I'm not I'm not a very happy person at that point. And so it was very con- simple. She just said, why are you stressed? And I just said, I don't, I'm just stressed about work. I can't keep doing you it. You have she too many goes, balls and you're just kind of like, right. man, goes, why this... don't you change? Gotcha. And it really never occurred to me. And you have this beautiful, very intelligent wife mm-hmm. who sits there and says, why, why don't, don't you, you change? change? 
So I said, well, okay. So I started looking into it. Um, and I guess nine months later, I, was, I had changed. So Nice. And that's how you moved over to... Yeah, completely open book. I you know, let, immediately let my uh, other team know they were, they were welcome to come with me. And so did your dad and your brother go with you too? No, or did you go no, all together? I stay with my brother-in-law who's now run, doing the things that I love so much doing. <laughs> okay. So uh, a big decision. I'm mm-hmm. sure it was probably incredibly stressful. Yes? No? It was kind of great, but it was also probably, oh, I'm you know I'm working with my dad. I'm working with my brother. And now I'm splitting off and kind of going a little bit of my own way. Honestly, no. Really? Uh, there awesome. was a lot of work. There's a lot of little things that had to be done. So for four or five months, you know, the minutia of doing the transition. It. Sure. The administration. Uh, yeah. yeah. was, uh, uh, I had a little advisory board, my buddies slash clients. Tony was part of that. Oh, so really? He, he can relate I'm generally sorry. to what I was <laughs> going through. But yeah, I made a decision. I was completely confident it was the right one. I still am. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't stressful. Gotcha. Okay. How, how was it when you announced to your dad and your brother-in-law and said, hey, dude, I'm going, I'm going this way. Uh, no, that was that was not an announcement. It was a process, so they knew. I told them. Uh, Eric said, "Well, I'll take over," and I, I said, "Well, well, you really can't unless you become the OSJ inside baseball." So they were fully in the loop. They knew who I was talking to. I had two offers that uh, would take just me or my whole team. They both went with me. We had the offer. I said, "I'm going here." They said that we're going to stay. Okay. No problem. Thanksgiving was very comfortable. Excellent. Well, yeah, congratulations. So, no so, um, so you had this big decision. You went ahead and made it, and now you're doing the same thing and enjoying it. Yeah. So your path is actually relatively straight. I mean, you got into insurance, you made kind of a little jag, and you kind of went into um, you know wealth management or financial advising, and you've been there for how many years now? Uh, where, where? Yeah. Three years next week. Oh. Three years. Oh, yeah. I thought this was something that happened uh, like nah. 10 years ago. No. Nah. All right. Nah, 54. So uh, I was 50 when I made the call. It took just under a year to do it. So Wow. And I think we were talking about a story. Can we talk a little bit about the story when he came over and did some of the money and the fake money? and the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> fake money. Uh, he's not a counterfeiter. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, not at all. Uh, but, but he did, but he did play one in. No, okay. So, uh, yeah, we, he's he's been doing he's been doing our stuff, and uh, when our kids started getting through the high school age and getting ready for college, we were looking at, hey, you know, there's a real problem with uh, adults not teaching their kids about money. Some of it is the adults don't know, just right. like you talked about, like sure. they're spending more than they make. They don't even know about that. They got sure. credit card debt. They, and it's almost taboo. Let's not talk about money. Let's not talk about this stuff. And uh, so he was like, hey, look, you really need to talk about talk to your kids because you're doing well now. Uh, but your kids don't know – you may not know what's going on. I'm like, hey, come over. So he spent a couple hours teaching our kids about, oh, different stuff, you know, just money. Uh, inv- where do you invest? What kind of investments are there? Well, there's stocks. There's bonds. There's real estate. There's the bank. You know, put it in there. And, so he comes over and he pulls out. He opens up his uh, his briefcase. He pulls out these stacks of 
probably $100 bills in each one of them, right? Bang, bang, bang. He's stacking them all up. My kids are just like looking at it like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a, you know, it's a dollar bill on the top and the bottom. Later, they found out it was just paper in the middle. It wasn't actual stacks. <laughs> but he was like moving money around and showing them what, like, well, if you invested this here and here's how much this is and what does this mean when stuff compounds? What is it? It, it grows. And so that he was like, Phew. so, yeah, it's funny because each of my kids then looked at it and they're like, uh, he's like, okay. Uh, I said, you guys have some college money set aside. You guys have to invest some of it. And so you got to work with Mr. Lyday and tell him what you want to do. So what did you, how did you, how did you view that whole experience with his kids? Um, I've done it before. So, um, and what's kind of like your setup, what's kind of happens, what are some of the interesting outcomes that you see? Is there some insights you can give us? Because I, I find this fascinating. Yeah. You, I, I'm sure you probably know this, but parents are actually more likely to talk to their kids about, uh, SEX than they are to talk about money, which yeah. to me just blows my mind. I don't think it's hard to believe they know more about sex (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one okay we might have Uh, to cut that but (laughs) that's not his fault that's mine (laughs) oh let's let's talk about m-o-n-e-y oh that's right m-o-n-e-y yes so what did you what did your parents are more apt part one was really fun for me because i got to learn some of the history and background of lance lyday from his parents being high school sweethearts to the fact that there was actually money troubles in the family early on but he followed his path, which had twists and turns, and he reached for his goal of being a financial advisor. I want you to stay with us for part two because he's going to drop some interesting information about some of the lessons he's learned in a very simple way that could be applied to your own financial situation. So thanks for being here. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment on the podcast, and come back next time for part two with Lance Lyday.